So hello and welcome to the RPG Academy podcast. My name is Michael, and we're back this morning for the 18th episode of our TTRPG crowdfunding review show. Joining me as always is my co-host, Larry. Hi, good morning, everyone. And joining us as our not, no longer special guest co-host, but just always around co-host is Ellen. Ellen, say hello to everyone. Hi, I like to think I'm still special, just no longer a well, guest. You know what? No comment. Uh, but yes, we are happy to have you on the show. Um, you know, we've had a bunch of special guests come through. Uh, we really loved your energy. We loved the perspective that you brought to the show. And while we still will probably still have special guests in the future, maybe a fourth or one of us has to miss, you are now the full-time third co-host and also officially RPG Academy faculty. So welcome to the team. Woo! Yeah. Larry referred to this as the Ellen era. And <laughs> I like that. I like, yeah. that I, I like that as well. So you've been on here before, but just quickly reintroduce us a little bit who you are, what you do in the space, anything about yourself you want to share with strangers on the internet? Sure. Yeah. Uh, you can find me regularly on Twitter at Ellen underscore Delina, D-A-L-I-N-A. I tweet a lot about just random TTRPG stuff. <laughs> um, I also draw a lot for um, uh, my own games and for other people I do commissions and uh, lately I have been doing a lot of art and also running and playing in games for Chaotic Wonderful which is a uh, Twitch stream that we have started for uh, showcasing indie games so uh, indie games and uh, diverse uh, players and GMs so uh, cool. you can check us out at Chaotic One number one Durful because uh, we couldn't spell there's a Twitter character limit for uh, handles. I, it makes me think of the O'Neaters from that that thing she does, Tom Hanks movie. They were supposed to be called the Wonders, but they spelled it O N E, <laughs> and everybody called them the O'Neaters. <laughs> yes. So we should talk offline because I have a game that I think would fall under indie RPG. I'd love to get some more exposure to as my Kickstarter starts to ramp up. Oh, we'll absolutely. Talk about that later. Yeah. Um, and then I'm gonna start a Burn Notice podcast, but that's. Oh, <laughs> I've been thinking about doing a rewatch of that show because I've been rewatching all these other things. And uh, that's on. I've watched like most of it, the original run, mm-hmm. but I kind of fell off like season 37 or whatever because there was a <laughs> lot of them. Uh, but yeah, that, I really enjoyed those first few seasons. Yeah. All right. So we're going to jump into the show uh, again. If you're new here, basically each of us has brought three, maybe more because sometimes we do that. But three official uh, currently running TTRPG crowdfunding campaigns on any platform, including a uh professionals own or you know the creator's own website if we can find it and it's crowdfunding we can bring it to you um ideally these are things that we are truly passionate about so just a little quick behind the uh curtain speak here we don't take any commissions for this episode so we will never get paid to bring these these are ones we're actually interested in if we have any connection to the creators or maybe it's something we have worked on we will be pretty much fully disclosing that because i guarantee i'll be covering action 12 cinema when it comes out but we want these to be things that we really care about. We also don't want to focus on ones that don't look right. If there's like too many red flags or if we think this is just like a disaster, we're not going to call those out. I have one that's borderline today, but it'll make sense when I explain it. So just, again, that's what we're trying to do is just bring things to your attention that we think are cool that you might want to think are cool as well. I'll start today. And my first project is on Kickstarter and it's called Dice Monsters Missing Mythics. This is created by Matthew Westlake. It's the second they've created. They've backed one. And technically, this is a relaunch because their first one was the original launch of this product. It failed to fund back in 2021. Back then, it had unfinished art, unfinished box design. The, the rules weren't written out very well. They had a goal of $7,000. They got to $2,700, and then they had to cancel. This version, the goal is only 2000 
which does, it is a red flag for me. That's a little bit weird. It seems like, why did they lower the goal so much? Though they do have finished art, they have finished um, box design. The rules are a lot better. They've got uh, another video that kind of explains how the game plays. So it looks like it's a finished product at this point. Uh, it is currently funded. So they have about $2,500 on that goal of 2000 um, Has 11 days to go as of this recording, ends on July 8th. And it's self-described as a fast, light strategy game for three to six players that takes just a few minutes to learn, 30 to 40 minutes to play. Uh, it has fast setup, simultaneous actions, and no end of game score tallying. So it kind of helps the game move quickly and end quickly. Um, are either of you familiar with the game Dragonwood? Is that Pokemon? Because I've not heard of that one. No, it's, I think I'm pretty sure it's called Dragonwood or Dragonwoods. It's a, it's sort of a family game that I got into. It's, it's, kind of fun you have card drafting and then you use those cards to buy dice and then you use those dice to try to capture monsters in the forest it's, it's really fun it's very light i play it with my kids uh, they're, they're probably a little too old now but they really liked it when they were like eight and nine this reminds me of that game quite a lot except there's no dice mechanic. It's more of a, or excuse me, there's no card mechanic involved. It's just dice. You can uh, acquire dice. You can level them up different. I think as far as I can tell, they're all D6s, but they're different colors. Give them a different strengths. And then you lay out cards, and these are the monsters that you're trying to capture. And each one has a, you have to have, you know, this number on this dice. So you might need like three or better on a white die and a five and better on a black die. If you can hit that out of your rolls, then you collect that monster. Those monsters then give you additional bonuses that you can use to upgrade your dice. There's also a, uh, so that's very much like Dragonwood. Again, this, this is all dice, but it's very similar to Dragonwood if you've played it. It also has a betting mechanic that if you want to bet against opponent being successful, you can do that. So you can take your action and say, I'm going to bet these dice that you won't succeed, and then you can get a benefit if they end up failing. Eventually, a mythic creature will come out. Whoever captures a mythic first wins. So you don't have to get the end. You just go, oh, I got the mythic. I win. Game over. That type of thing. Um, again, I like Dragonwood a lot. This feels very similar to that. So I think that you know would be something my kids probably want to play or maybe a little bit for younger audiences. It has 120 dice. That seems like a lot because it has a whole bunch of D6s and I think five different colors. It's $35 for the base game. That's a lot of dice for $35, even though they're all just kind of generic D6s. But still, I've bought D6s. They're not mm-hmm. that cheap. Uh, shipping will be 9 bucks. It is only shipping to the U.S., and there's really only three pledge le- levels. There's an early bird level that is the base game at the same price, but you get like a hat. It literally says game with hat. Then you have the regular game, and then they have like a retailer level, which is just three copies for like a $5 discount. So it's a very sort of streamlined Kickstarter. There's not a lot of stretch goals. or Actually, there's no stretch goal. There's no add-ons. It's just here's the game, 35 plus 9, unless you want to buy three of them. Uh, And it is expected to be November of this year. So, again, there's a little bit of hinkiness with it being a relaunch and the goal changing, but it looks to me like they pretty much have a game put together. They probably did a small print run and they're just going to fulfill those would be my guess. But I think it's cool, and I hope some people will check it out. Uh, as always, does either of you have any comments on this one? If not, it's okay. I've got a question about the dice mechanic. You mentioned different colored dice, but if they're all, are they all D6s, though? From what I can tell, yes. I, I thought originally it might be like, you know, some of them don't have ones. Like, so you always get twos or hires. But I don't see that. It looks like it's just um, you escalate up the color spectrum. 
So like, uh, you know, like a red die is more powerful than a white. I don't exactly know how that works other than maybe you need lesser number on reds to be successful. Like whites maybe need five and sixes. Reds only needs fours, fives and sixes, and greens might need twos. I can't see that in the explanation, but that's my guess, something along those lines. Okay, understandable. Yeah, it gives, I'm looking at the image and it gives some like little details on what happens when you roll each type of die and it looks like certain die types go with each card which is it's giving me kind of like a magic the gathering like cost feel um okay uh, i obviously i haven't looked at the full rules i am i think this is cute i like that one of the cards one of the monsters is literally named kyle like you can see in the (laughs) art and another is rainbow and it's just like it looks like it's it's cute and it's not supposed to be like taking itself too seriously so i think if that's um, something you're into this could be uh really it's that's not super expensive for a board game with that many dice so and that's one of my other like cautionary flags is that i'm just wondering about their manufacturing costs because that is a ton of dice yeah for 35 dollars, and it's a small box so i almost wonder are those dice like not full-size dice i don't know but it doesn't the box doesn't seem to be large enough to contain all of that i mean i guess it's just deck of cards pamphlet and dice but still mm-hmm. we shall see all right, so we'll move on. So, Ellen, if you don't mind, will you go second this week? What's your first one? Sure. Uh, my first one is Humblewood Tales by Hit Point Press. And I'm a big Hit Point Press person. Like, I uh, like a lot of their stuff. I am still eagerly waiting on the major Kickstarter that I backed for them was the um, Deck of Many uh, animated tarot. And so they have these, like, holographic... Um, tarot cards and they also do the like holographic spell cards so that's like one of the things that they have kickstarted very successfully in the past this is humblewood tales um and it is a bunch of adventures de- lore and monsters for 5e uh designed for their humblewood setting which uh i love because i think we've talked about this a bunch of times when we've i've been on like if you have a setting where you get to play as a bunch of like cute little animals, like I, I'm, I'm like, oh yeah, I would love to do that. You're in. Yes, I'm in automatically. Um, and so they have they list out five new adventures, thirty new magic items, um, thirty plus new monsters and NPCs, three new subclasses, which is interesting, and then um, just general like campaign additions that would go really well with the core Humblewood book that you can get off of their site. Um, so. Uh, Hit Point Press has done a, a bunch. They're pretty big. Um, they have created ten other, well, nine other Kickstarters. It looks like uh, this one. The art is really cool, which I'm a big art person. So like, anytime you have um, cool art, I get very excited. The uh, reward tiers, I think, are pretty um, evenly spaced out as well. It, there's a deluxe um, print and play, which is uh, twenty dollars, and you get the PDF. So you can print all the stuff you need if you want. Um, for $30, you can get a vinyl record of the uh, soundtrack that they have made to go with this, or a set of minis, which is, I think, in addition to the PDF, which I think is a really good value. Like, vinyls are kind of expensive, and um, I don't personally have a record player, but if you're into that, like, that's that's really cool. <laughs> that's a really cool uh perk and that's not super expensive either and then you have your hardcover at $50 which is pretty standard I feel like um it I believe I'm looking for the page count I believe it is going to be a hefty book from what I read 
over 200 pages. So that's like pretty good. $50 is pretty standard, I think, for a book that size. And then you can get the um, $50 or more, you can get the Deluxe Deluxe, which has the PDF um, STL files for printing your own minis if you have the ability to print minis, and then MP3s for the soundtrack. Um, you can also get the box set, which includes um, all kinds of stuff. And then there's a deluxe box set, which includes even more stuff. And then a uh, super deluxe, which is gone now, but, you know, maybe someone will cancel and you can scoop it up. But, uh, but yeah, um, the box set includes the game box, hardcover book, the PDF, reference cards, fold-out maps, and cardboard standees for, like, NPCs and monsters. Um and then the deluxe is all of that, but fancier and including dice and a world map and some pins, which is really cool. So um, those are definitely, if you like swag to go along with your content, like those are definitely some good options. Um, it's just, this to me is probably, the other two projects that I have brought to the table are like very well polished, but like Hit Point Press is usually exceedingly well polished in my experience so like um everything about this like it's kind of the opposite of what you brought to the table Uh, it's like oh you can guarantee that if you back this you're going to get a product that is quality and it's going to add something of value to your table so if um that kind of thing with like um the aesthetic of like all of your characters are different kinds of animals and um it is a little bit more pastoral um and a little bit more i guess medieval um medieval pastoral like that's the sort of vibe they're going for and there's a lot of fey influences in the art and stuff as well so i thought it was really cool um i will let you guys uh i should probably say when this is how long it's running uh 25 more days to go so august 11th and they have blown past their goal like their goal was ten thousand dollars they are at Two hundred twenty-three thousand right now. I was looking. Um, well, where did my link go? When is it supposed to deliver? Uh, March of next year. I saw something that said September of this year, but I, before oh, I wait, could figure out what the, that was, the print and the play PDF, PDF is earlier. Okay, okay, that's probably because I was trying to scroll through and I, I accidentally jumped off the page. Uh, I do like this art very well. I'm not not, not necessarily familiar with the company. I, again, I do remember you kind of talking about it before, but I've never played it any of it or anything. But yeah, the art is spectacular. Again, very well polished Kickstarter page. Like they, clearly, this isn't their first time around. There is also a free adventure in the Kickstarter page. If you scroll down, they had a um, any gold winning. Uh, free RPG Day adventure you can download for free, and and I've done that as we were talking, so I'll check that out later. Uh, and I will note, coolly, just side tangent, that if you're interested in printing your own minis, um, check your public library. Mine has a 3D printer you can basically use for free uh, part of the, the library program. So if you have STL files but no printer, check your public library. Great resource. My public library still has a dot matrix printer. Ooh, that is awesome. Now, did you notice, like, on the artwork, which is awesome, it seems almost like there's two styles. You've got the, like, the uh, the Seahawk and the the Loper are sort of like these animals that have been taking a grim turn, and then you've got the other side, which is kind of a little more cutesy-like. It's like they have two really distinct styles, at least it looks like they're portraying here, and it's both are really well done. Mm-hmm. Like, the bunny rabbit's jousting is adorable, but, you know, I wouldn't want to get between them. Yeah, um, and they do mention in a few places that, like, there are, like, there is that really, like, 
earnest, like, kind of a little cheerful side of it. But the campaign can also have seedier elements. So they do delve into both sides equally. Very cool. I, I grew up watching the, the Secrets of Nim. Um, so yeah, anything where I get to play little animals, that, that is also something that I'm all for. All right. So very cool. All right, Larry, what's your first one this week, sir? This one is on Kickstarter and it's called Whisper and Venom. This is a real, it's not a relaunch. It was successfully done back in 2013, I believe by Lesser Gnome, um, which Lesser Gnome at the time was made up of Zach Glazar and he had some people that worked with him. Well, now he and, um, Edwin Nagy are both at um, Frog God Games, also uh, working with Necromancer Games. And so they were on the original project and they're relaunching it here to do some additional stuff with it. And again, it's Whisper and Venom Kickstarter. And I believe the idea is to bring this as a boxed set. This one's going to be running through August 13th. Uh, Necromancer Games has done eight Kickstarters and created eight and they've backed 29. A lot of times they'll do smaller projects on Indiegogo, but this is a larger project. They brought it to Kickstarter, hopefully, you know, to reach more people. At the point uh, right now, it's sitting at $30,000 on its funding, and it had a goal of 8000 So it's past funding, and it's hitting stretch goals now. The way that they are producing this one is similar to their other projects where they're going to offer it as um, the OSE game version or a fifth edition game version. At this point now, they're trying to get enough pledges that pick the OSE version so that they can get it done as a library-type bound book. They're already offering the 5th edition book that way if you get the hardcover. So they're hoping to... They said they're very close to that. There's a, a significant amount of information on the FAQ here, and along with their updates, they've been doing a really good job of keeping people... Uh, apprised of how they're moving along there but the basic project here um it was originally a set of three adventures you had a veil uh, called whisper veil that was sort of detailed and it's got uh, three different villages in it that they go through and give you the makeup of the background on and ideally uh, you're also getting a map with this ideally you should be able to drop this into your current game fantasy style game and again it's going to be offered to two different rule sets it was originally done with the old labyrinth lord rule set so conversion from you know, basic uh, expert type edition rules uh, it is set up for tier one characters um, they're suggesting four to eight characters of that level so maybe a little bit more on the tough side as, as you want to go through this uh, let's see they're going to be uh, it's, it's a regional setting and once you get outside the veil, it gets very vague, but they did have some other items uh, if you want to drop it in. So you'll have some points of interest outside the initial veil if you want to go ahead and stretch it out or connect it to uh, your current campaign, place it somewhere like that as a drop in. Um, they're going to be shipping this in the United States through Frog God Games. Uh, PDFs are going to be done through drive through and also Frog God Games there. They are, uh, you can get international on this. Um, that they sp very specifically mentioned warnings about the uh, shipping on this because a couple of the pledge levels here involve miniatures and it's, I think, $50 as an add-on if you don't get it in your pledge level. And at this point, they've got 11 or 12 miniatures guaranteed and as they unlock uh, stretch goals, they might add some more miniatures to that. But they were uh, they had a warning, especially for uh, international folks, 
the shipping on this could be twice as much as the actual product. So just keep that in mind. So, you know, I don't know how heavy these are cast from the original molds back that they used for the first edition, excuse me, the Labyrinth Lord edition. So they're going to be pewter miniatures. So they're going to be heavy. These are not going to be your, you know, plastic type that you're, you're probably more used to nowadays. Uh, mm -hmm. So that's going to be heavy and expensive, but again, there you're getting, um, let's see. Uh, there's a lot of information on the fact that goes through. They are adding in the um, the first. The book's going to be made up of the uh, Whisper and Venom, which has got your going to be get it got in a hardcover, which I believe is going to be available here. Uh, wow, it seemed discombobulated here. Twenty twenty three January for the book, and if you end up going a print on demand uh, variety, it was going to be February of twenty twenty three. It's going to be $25 for the PDF, and that's for one version, either the 5th edition or the OSE version. You can add on the other one for the same amount. $50 for the hardcover. Uh, that's if you get the 5th edition, and if, if you get the hardcover in the uh, old school essentials at this point, it's still looking at a print-on-demand version. So don't know. Uh, again, you have to keep an eye on the updates if you're interested in getting that in the library-bound uh, version. Um, so they've relaunched this in order to get better um, colorizing all of the old art, adding new art, re-editing, and doing another layout pass on this to improve the original product. Um, again, this is a regional setting and a multi-part adventure here, so there's a lot to this. Um, it was very popular, won some awards back when it was originally released. Um, it, it garnered a lot of attention. Again, that was for Labyrinth Lord. So with this new version, you're looking to bring it into modern gameplay. So Edwin Nagy, Nagy's going to be handling the fifth edition conversion for all of the stuff that that's kind of his thing that he does there with Frog God and Necromancer. Um, it's got a lot of details. They've like I mentioned earlier, they had three different towns set up. Uh, the main town that people are going to be starting in would be Whisper, which is your village of farmers and tradespeople and all sorts of shenanigans start happening. There's a town nearby called Swindle that is primarily run by goblins and another one called Cleft that is sort of a dwarven settlement and they all have some backstory to those and uh, some politics going on in those towns. So beautiful maps included with this, uh, 10 other maps included with the adventures. Um, I think this is a nice relaunch of a one that you can't find anymore unless you're going to go get it like a Noble Knight or something like that or find it on eBay. So um, mm -hmm. as far as that goes, the, there's a collector's edition that they're offering as an add-on. It's pretty pricey, but it's going to be the original three adventures. They are going to be reprinted like the old TSR where you had the folio cover was going to have the maps on it and it was not attached to the booklet itself. So you would have the map folio and then inside it, they're going to be doing like the saddle stitched old style, the, the blue maps, the blue and white maps of that nature. Mm -hmm. But to get those three by themselves is uh, you can get a, a pledge levels that have them included, but it's a $150 add on in there. Oh. And when I talked to them, they, um, they had responded that that is specifically kind of a collector's item because they're going to be limited to a hundred or a hundred copies of those. And they're all going to be individually wrapped and also signed. So, mm -hmm. and numbered. So that's something uh, that uh, it's expensive, but if you're looking for, you know, a collector's edition, go for it. They do have right. a nice leatherette edition. You can pay more for as well. Um Take a look at it and see what you think. Uh, if you've played the old one, this may hearken you back to, you know, 
what is it about 10 years ago now um it's they're they're running through their kick uh starter um locked and unlocked uh stretch goals at this point there's a couple more minis to unlock they're putting the original goal or the original adventures adding them into the uh, hardback book as they unlock them as well so this can get expensive but uh, take a look at it um i've just received some other uh products i've backed like on indiegogo they do put out quality items uh the art's always good the product is always good i think so i wanted to bring this one out so i don't have a whole lot to say on this one again the art looks cool uh i will say that but um you have sort of because you bring up like these OSE games quite a lot it's, it's sort of like your wheelhouse you like those types of things and you brought them up many times so i'm going to gen con this year and i signed up for an OSE game so I'm actually going to get a chance to play it to see if it is something I would enjoy. And it's expensive. It's like 14 bucks for a four-hour session. So it better be good. I'll, I'll hold you personally <laughs> responsible, Larry, if I don't enjoy it. Well, I hope you at least get a hot dog with that or something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would expect nothing less, right? All right? Ellen, you have anything on this one? It looks cool. Um, I am, you know, trying to avoid... Because I don't... My problem is I see cool, like, adventures and things for 5e, and I'm like, oh, I want that. Except I don't run 5e. I play 5e. Mm. So, like, I need to remember that and, like, resist <laughs> the urge to be like, oh, I want this. But I think it looks really cool. And if um, it looks like it has a lot to offer someone who does actually run 5e right. or yeah. OSE. Yeah, I mean, I think this, this you know, OSE, it has its audience. It knows how to cater to them. Obviously, it's, like, almost three times funded at this point. Actually, it is over three times funded. Math, yeah, almost four times funded. So they know what they're doing. Um, so they're definitely, there's, there is an audience for this and they're being well served. But I don't know that I am that audience yet. But after Gen Con, I'm going to have a different opinion. We shall see. All righty. So that brings us to my number two. And this is the Arcanus 5e campaign setting runic edition. Uh, this is created by Henry Lopez. So Henry is the basically the founder and lead writer for Paradigm Concepts. Um, this is the 11th they've created. They've backed 152. So just a slight disclosure, I know one of the writers for this company loosely. We met at a convention years ago, kind of hit it off, seemed like a nice guy. Uh, we have exchanged pleasantries a couple times. I think we played a game together once at Gen Con, but that's kind of it. But I did leverage that relationship to get some free stuff from them once for a catacomb. I gave away some of their paradigm concepts stuff. Um, so I just want to disclose that before I go into this one. So Ar- Arcanus originally was their own game. They made Arcanus. It was a game. I believe it was an any winning game. Uh, it has since been converted to 5e, and I believe it has been an any winning setting since then. So this is high quality stuff. People know what they're doing. Uh, so Pedro told me all about the setting. I don't remember most of it, but I remember at the time thinking, that does sound very cool. The one thing I half remember, so I may be getting this wrong, is that in their world, dwarves are cursed giants, and that is why they build these grandiose halls, because they still build as if they were 18 foot tall, even though they're only four feet tall. I'm like, that is kind of a cool thing. Uh, so hopefully I got that right. But so there's a lot of lore. I mean, this is hardcore. They have everything planned out, designed, quality stuff in as far as the rule setting. This is includes, so the, the previous one, of the, the most recent setting they did or Kickstarter was for their psionic rule set for 5e. And per the updates, it's on time to schedule, um, or it's on time to deliver as scheduled. So this project is currently 185% funded. It's 27 plus on a goal of 15. Those are eight days left to go as recording ends July 26th. It's going to be a 448 page full color hardback using the 5e rule set. 
Um, this version is going to deliver new character options, new player um, races, new takes on old favorites, new types of magic, 13 new cleric aspects, as well as one unique. They have 14 holy champion orders, which is equivalent to what a paladin would be in 5e. Um, they have a comprehensive and versatile psionic system, new backgrounds, weapon, armor, magic, blah, 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 blah. So basically it's their version of 5e using the arcana. So it's a rule book and a setting book kind of kind of combined. The book's already done. It's already written. So this Kickstarter won't be adding anything. There's no stretch goals that adds content. So what you can do with the stretch goals is they actually have an organized play program related to their setting. So you can pay to gain access to play a special races that you can only play if you get them through this Kickstarter. Be honest, not really a fan of that. That's not my thing, but people are buying them. So, hey, again, they're serving the audience that that want that. Uh, you can also get copies of previous uh, books and things that they've put out. So that's, that's also things you can do there. Uh, it's 30 bucks for the PDF, and it's supposed to be delivered in August because then the book's done. Uh, as soon as the Kickstarter ends, basically, they'll be able to deliver. And then uh, it's 50 bucks for print. And if you, it's going to be deliverable in September, but if you want, you can actually pick it up at Gen Con, which I think is kind of a cool feature. So if you're going to Gen Con, you don't have to pay shipping. You can just pick it up from them at their booth at Gen Con. So yeah, that's it. That's all for that one. Uh, are either of you familiar with Arcanus before? Have you played the setting or anything? No. no. Um, Rotted Capes is their other, probably the biggest known game. It's like a zombie superhero uh, mashup sort of situation. Uh, I think that was a book I got to give away from, from them. So... I yeah, any? I was interested in this because it said there are 14 new ways to play a paladin, and that means I would have 14 new characters because I love <laughs> a paladin. Um, if you follow me on Twitter, you know this about me already. But the when you got to the part about like the add-ons for the certifications to play different races, that like makes me pause. Like that's a very odd microtransaction kind of thing yeah, yeah. that doesn't yeah. feel necessarily like as above board as I would like uh, that's it's a little weird to me I, I completely agree and that's why I wanted to call it out and say not a fan yeah it, it, it feels sort of like in the realm of NFTs for me like you're you're buying this thing that only you get but it's it's the scarcity is artificially created yeah absolutely but again I don't play org play at all um, really I don't never played Orcanus org play I don't know if this is something that people have been asking for again People are backing at this level, so it clearly is something people want. Um, but yeah, personally, I do not like that aspect of it. But that doesn't take away from everything else about the campaign that I do like. I think these are going to be some interesting rules written by people who know what they're doing. Years and years and years of lore and backstory built into this stuff. The mechanics, again, they're any winning. So they're, these are people that know what they're doing, and I wanted to call it out. But I also, yeah, I'm a little skeeved out by that that part of it. Yeah. All right, so then we'll move on. Ellen, what is your second this week, please? Uh, my second is on Kickstarter as well. It is called The Big Squirm. Uh, it is by Daniel Sell, who is um, part of the makers of Troika um, RPG, are collectively known as the Melsonian Arts Council. And it's interesting. They have this kind of like persona for the business that runs it that's kind of like related to like the game itself it's it's a very unique setting and uh system and v intentionally weird and like okay. like they lean into being weird and that is one of the things that draws me to it um so uh troika for those who don't know is a science fantasy rpg 
Uh, you can get it on itch. You could get it on their own site. If you backed the um, Ukraine bundle, which a lot of people did, it made a lot of money. Um, the Ukraine relief bundle a few months ago, um, you have a copy of Troika in that. So you might want to check and see if you can yeah. look at look at the base game. Um, but they have a bunch of different supplements and adventures for this. And this particular adventure, the Big Squirm, is a hard-boiled detective uh, adventure. And so, like, you say those words in that order to me, and I, I'm, I'm in. So, um, so it's this adventure is 100 pages. It has 46 paintings, and that's a lot of art. <laughs> um, yeah. The art style for Troika is very unique as well, and just intensely weird and interesting in a very special way. Like, they were obviously leaning into it, and it works very well. Um, so that is a big draw for me. 23 locations, um, including hotels, mansion estates, and warships, which is like, yes, give me all of the, like, noir settings. Um, eight factions for players to join. Um, six rival detectives that are doing other things while you are playing. And then one big case to crack. So that is just, like, laying it all out for me very well. And it, um, if you, you can, um, get... The digital copy for twelve dollars, uh, ten pounds. Um, so that's that's cheap. Like for a hundred plus page PDF, that's pretty cheap. Um, you can get it for print for about thirty six dollars. Um, and then you can also get um the whole starter kit of like the Troika Core rules and um the digital and physical copies of this book for fifty seven dollars. And um, they also have a Kickstarter Deluxe Bundle, which has uh, a GM screen, uh, character sheets, a map poster, initiative token bag, and die cut initiative tokens. And so, like, I love a map. I've talked to you guys about this before. I love a poster map even more than just a map. So when I saw that, I was like, ooh, <laughs> this is this is something I need to look into. Um, and then somebody, some lucky individual pledged uh, over $500 to get a the original copy of this really cool artwork that was designed um, just for this adventure. And that's just really, really cool. And I like it when Kickstarters do that kind of thing. Like, obviously it's not something that you can have more than one person get because it's the original copy of the artwork, but um, that's, that's just a really cool uh, detail that I do like. Um, also, this is no longer applicable because it's beyond the first 48 hours, but <laughs> If you had backed in the first 48 hours, you would receive a mystery manila dossier, uh, an envelope to keep all of your stuff in related to this mystery uh, adventure. So that's just kind of cute and fun. There are add-ons. You can get the other um, adventures for Troika um, at a reduced price. I know on their website they have like a bundle, so it, it really depends on like if you want to make another account on a different site to buy there as opposed to here. So like that's you know right. just kind of administrative stuff. But um the aesthetic for this adventure is really cool. Um it talks about it goes into detail of like how the book starts and the different chapters you will find with it in it and it includes um an appendix as well. Troika is like I said, science fantasy, and you go from, like, planet or, like, reality to reality, and so, like, you can have completely different genres 
when you do a different adventure. So, like, this one is noir, but, like, the other ones could be, like, pure fantasy or pure science fiction or, like, it's just Mm. very, um, it's very, uh, robust in that way. But, yeah, so, uh, let me see when it is delivering. The hard facts. Um, (laughs) December 2022, uh, for the, um, uh, digital and then for the physical. Oh, actually, it's saying the same for the physical. So, I believe they already have it completed. Uh, their goal was uh, about $12,000 and they are way past that. They're over 50000 at this point. There are 23 yep. days to go. Um, it ends on August 10th. Yeah, I'm not familiar with, I've, I've seen the name Troika, but I've never played it. Don't really know anything about it, but I am a fan of hard-boiled detective stories. Anybody who listens to me knows I love mysteries. I love running mysteries in my games. So that that is definitely in the wheelhouse. And this is actually one of the ones I looked at uh, before I realized you had already taken it. Actually, I think uh, Larry had one, too, that I was looking at. But he had taken. I intentionally go last, probably because I'm very busy and lazy. But So I want other people to also have first choice. So I'll, I'll, I will find what I need to uh, throw out. You have anything on this one, Larry? Yeah, I was interested because anything Troika is at the very least interesting because it is different, I think. And it's, this is a nice way to put it, a mystery style thing in there. Like Ellen mentioned, it's almost – I don't know if, if Spelljammer is the right way to put it, but you, you it's like you can just travel from – plane to plane or whatever so you can get your fill of whatever you want to play that night you know like you said Mm -hmm. sci-fi or fantasy whatever but this is a neat offering and like it mentions the first time you could get a troika screen and apparently with this uh panels here you can it's been upgraded through the through the kickstarter uh, stretch goals and it's got pretty much all the tables you'll need to run the game so you can concentrate you know, on on your adventure instead of having to flip through the book maybe so that's that deluxe package is a nice package they offer very cool. Well, thank you. All right. That brings us to Larry. What's your second one this week, sir? This one is being hosted on Backerkit. So, you know, we mentioned they started doing a, their own crowdfunding uh, service now. And this one's called The Land of Eam, brought to you by Exalted Funeral. Uh, let's see, they have went through and backed, uh, I think, just through Kickstarter stats, nine other ones that they've created and 121 backed. So they've been very busy on that one. Uh, this project runs through August 11th, and it's got a goal of $20,000, and right now they're sitting just shy of 150000 So you've got plenty of time to get in if you want to. Some stretch goals coming up as an explorer's guide for this land, random encounters book, online generators for creatures, and, and different things. The idea behind this one is uh, it's sort of a post-apocalyptic, light-hearted, humorous setting, and a lot of the art looks like it's been done like the characters and everything's have a Muppetized version, how they're sort of anthropomorphic-type animals and kind of cutesy. Um, but the creators of this uh, have... Uh, released books of fantasy style books for i believe it's mostly middle school age uh, but they have used that as the setting base here and created uh, a six section map or six regions broken up Uh, this one also has a large uh, poster style map with it it's uh, again post-apocalyptic but it's not delving into really the dark stuff uh Again, this uh, this is a fantasy fantasy series that I believe they've got three uh, graphic novels out, four, and then another book 
all of them set here to sort of flesh out the land if if you want to take a look at it whimsical and still yet uh, being dystopic so yeah you can download a free quick start of the um the rules here they've offering their own setting, their own system. So they've got 16 species to choose from, and amongst those, you can pick of six different classes to figure out what you're going to be doing. The primary die here that they use is a D12, and a, there's just a table you run off. It's a D12 plus your skill. So if you're familiar with like Powered by the Apocalypse, it's a roll plus your skill, and then it just gives you the level of success the idea is to always be failing forward here so even if something terrible happens you should at least move the plot forward um they go into detail on their on their in the uh rule book the core rule book itself anyway they've got a crafting system that should allow well over 200 different items that you can come up with the core book itself is around 200 pages there is a setting book that's running 400 pages so that's the the the, the biggest one here that's going to go through and tell you about the different regions and creatures and whatnot. Uh, there's also creatures included in the core book if you just want to look at maybe getting that. But they also offer a bestiary that's got uh, about 180 pages, offering over 150 different creatures in there. <sighs> well... Uh, I mentioned the big poster style map earlier. It's an overland map and it's broken up into hexes and the travel style overland travel is a, one of the three uh, main types of gameplay here because you're going to be doing this as a hex crawl. So it goes through and, and walks you through, you know, how your characters will travel around the map. And if they enter a hex, you can check for something that's explorable that they can find or an encounter or a clue for something else. So it it, it does go through um, the very bottom up. It, you're not really, don't have to have experience with that if you're still wanting to take a look at this and exploring this land. Now, again, the setting book makes up most of it. So that's the big draw here. You can see through the through the art, it's kind of cartoony. Um, it does have sort of a focus towards a younger audience. But again, the game system is has got deep uh, a deepness with your skill use um, and crafting and things. So there's a lot of mixing and matching you can do. Uh, Honestly, that you could get download the quick start rules. I think was forty six pages. It has a, has a small adventure at the end of it that you can play through. But they go through uh, uh, usage dice that they have on. Instead of spending certain amounts of money, you'll start out with maybe ancient coins, which are most worth the most. And if you go to purchase something, if you don't have the correct type of currency for that, they have uh, I think it's ancient coins, gold coins, uh, silver and copper, and they sort of group those together. And you have like a usage die like you have in other games where you roll the die, and if you have a one or two, then it drops the quantity you have. So it's a little bit different way of using money in this system. And they also have that for like rations. Like if you're out traveling about, you've got to make your check and see how much food you've used um, over a period of time. So if there's, um, it's a fairly simple system, the base system again. And they go through, it looks like, a lot of advice on how to run the game and try to push being a fan of your players, um, having a lot of fun, also developing uh, relations between each of the characters. And there's some guidance on helping your characters or your players actually develop a personal quest for each character. Uh, and that, along with having the uh, sort of web between the characters of their relationships, 
it's it's got some things built in there to help like someone running the game go ahead and play off of those for creating what's in front of them and helping you know sort of long-term things about people following their quests and whatnot so um I really got hooked on this one. It's, it looks great. It's funding really well. They're tearing through their um, stretch goals. The Mucklins is a sandbox setting. Uh, and again, it's, it's detailed in that uh, setting book over 400 pages. There are six different regions. It looks really neat. And there's a lot of stuff in here um, to take a look at if you're wanting to have a new place to, to run a campaign. So I, this is why I brought this one in. I thought it looks really neat. Take a look at the quick, quick start for free. If you think it's something you might want to play, then take a deeper look into the system or into the Kickstarter. Yeah, so I stopped listening when you said D12s because that's all I needed. Like you could have decided to use the D12s and then we would have been done. I know, but you're not the only audience member. But I'm the most important. <laughs> that's I, true. As soon as I looked at this page, like I looked at the cover art and I was like, oh, I, this is really cool. And then I scrolled down and it said, the game combines Lord of the Rings with Muppets with Mad Max. I was like, okay. And then I'm looking at more of the art and I'm obsessed with this. Like, this is absolutely like my niche of like what I want in a game. I'm going to, I'm going to back this. I'm going to run this on Chaotic Wonderful 100%. Like, I am obsessed with this. This is really cool. And the map is so cool. Um, there's just a lot of really fun details on this Kickstarter page or the backer kit page. One thing that I really like, and I wish that it was not a white shirt, because I'm not a white shirt person, but there's a white t-shirt you can get as an add-on that says all my friends are monsters, and it has a bunch of the cool monster art for this game, and it's really cute. Uh, they also have a shirt that it says resting lich face, which is very funny. Um, but I I love this. I think this is amazing, and I'm very glad you brought this to my attention, because I need this in my life. Uh, he's probably going to cost me some money today. Yes. Um, so I did look, it looks like deliverable is third quarter of next year. So you're looking, you know, back half of next year and at least at the, the sort of the box set level shipping is estimated 17 to 20 bucks in the U S. Indeed. Those are both important things that you're right. I, uh, I kind of, I, I ran out of steam before I get that far. <laughs> you, you failed your con check. No, it's fine. All right. So uh, on to my third one for the week. Um, so um, this is When the Wolf Comes, the RPG. This was created by Ian Stewart Sharp, who's the author of novels and comics set in an alter alternate Viking verse. So i.e. Space Vikings. This is the sixth that they've created. They've backed four. Four of the previous five they have done were for issues of the uh, is it Jotun, Jutun. I'm sure there's a pronunciation for that, uh, war comic set in the Viking verse. And the other was for a old Norse for modern times, an essential guide to speaking, speaking like a Viking. So those are the five they've done before this. Um, it is currently 179% funded, 12.3K on a goal of 6.9K. That's converted to U.S. When the Wolf Comes is an RPG that uses the shadow of the Demon Lord engine. And I'm a fan of Rob Schwab. He's been... On our show a couple times, we've featured Shadow of the Demon Lord before. He often comes to a catacon when he can. He's doing some family stuff right now. He's not been on the circuit for a couple of years. I'm still hoping he might come this year. So I, I consider him friendly, if not a friend. He's listed as a collaborator on this project. I don't know if he's done any additional writing. If I don't know if he gets paid for it or not, but it is based on his game. 
So uh, When the Wolf Comes is an RPG using the Shadow of the Demon Lord engine based in an alternate timeline where the Norse rule the seas and stars. Um, if you're not familiar with Shadow of the Demon Lord, it is a very dark, grim, and gritty fantasy RPG with very streamlined mechanics. Um, and in this version, you choose between 10 Norse ancestries. It's basically like your race for other cl- uh, other games. And then you have 16 expert paths. Those are your classes. But everything is Viking and Norse themed and, you know, skinned that way. Uh, the book will be approximately 250 pages on a standard 8x5 times 11 hardcover. Uh, the PDF will only cost you about 20 bucks and is expected January of next year. Uh, there's a $39 bundle for the digital and game in, and the PDF as well as copies of all the comics and novels that he has written, uh, which include the All-Father Paradox and Loki's Wager. Those are the two novels. And then there's a $50 pledge for the printed book and all the stretch goals in PDF, but does not include the core book as a PDF. So you either get the PDF or the core book. You would have to add on if you want both. I found that a little weird. I would think they would just include that, but they don't. They've already unlocked one stretch goal, which is where everyone gets a Viking verse adventure PDF included. The next two stretch goals, that's all that's listed currently. One is for a PDF of a short story. Another is a PDF of a comic. Not a big fan of those because I don't really know that setting. I guess if you're invested in the setting versus the game, that's probably a draw. But for me, I'd want more game-related stuff. Uh, They do have some add-ons. There's turn tokens. So if you're familiar with Shadow of the Demon Lord, the way they do initiative is heroes always go first. And then you have slow turns. And fast turns. Fast turns go first, slow turns go second. You can do more on a slow turn than a fast turn. And so it's like hero slow turn, bad guy slow turn, heroes fast turn, bad guys fast turn. Or I think, you know what I mean? I said backwards. So it uses little tokens to let you know if you're going fast or slow if you've gone. So you can get this version of those tokens. They also have some D6s that have uh, Fenrir the wolf uh, eating the sun as the one because I guess that would be bad. Um, <laughs> and essentially the game is set in like a alternate Ragnarok. So fin- Fenrir is destroying Asgard, but in this case, Asgard is in space and they're all out there doing their thing. Uh, some other add-ons include character sheets and a GM screen. Interestingly, I talked to Tom this morning. I was not aware of this. He is interviewing the creator, Ian, this week for a show and tell. So it's not a commissioned episode. We're not getting paid for it. He's just interviewing him so there will be a show and tell coming out probably later this week or certainly before the kickstarter ends with the designer so we'll get all the other questions uh, answered you may have and all that kind of good stuff uh, but i'm a fan of shadow of the demon lord this looks kind of cool uh you know space vikings who doesn't want that and i will note uh in particular on the kickstarter there's a small space where ian talks about how unfortunately viking culture has been co-opted by neo-nazis He's not a fan. He's he's actually written like a small like paper on trying to reclaim the Viking heritage from neo Nazis. Like we don't really get political on the show, but we're anti neo Nazis. In case you didn't know that already, uh, so I like that they called that out specifically. All right. So anything on this one from you too? I was gonna mention that if you didn't about I thought that was really cool to include on the page about like neo-nazis need not apply like i was like oh that is that is the kind of energy we want to cultivate in the ttrpg space so i appreciate that this looks i agree really cool the art is really cool i'm unfortunately not familiar with the i've heard of shadow of the demon lord but i've never played it or know anyone who does so like um like it's not i'm not necessarily the target audience but it looks really really cool and really well done uh, and yeah. just again, we we featured Shadow of the Demon Lord back when it was being kickstarted several years ago. So we do have a, I think, a three or four session actual play 
of the game, oh, cool. um, which people could listen to. Um, I do. It's a fun. It is. Is I mean, Rob's got a dark, twisted sense of everything. Perspective. Everything. So it it's it's an audience, and you may not be the one mm-hmm. for it, but if but I do like the mechanics. So I, I mean, it's basically a streamlined D and D D twenty roll high, good numbers. If you get bonuses, you get a D six, which is a boon. You add that to your D twenty. If you have something bad, it's a bane. You roll D six. You subtract that from your D twenty. That's pretty much the game. Boons and banes cancel each other out. So if you have four banes and three boons, you end up with one bane, and then you roll D twenty and a D six, and then blah blah. So it's very simple. Is also designed that you level after each game. So basically, every campaign is eleven sessions. You start at zero eleven or level zero. On your eleven session, you finish at level ten into the campaign. Oh. I don't know if he's taking that particular aspect over, but I'm a fan of the setting. But it is it's the most dark and twisted thing that I would probably play. And if that's <laughs> not your thing, but again, this might. I don't know if he's as much taking the rule set or the sensibilities. Maybe both. I'm sure we'll find out when uh, Tom interviews him this week. Larry, yeah. I'm sorry, I talked over you. What were you going to say? Oh no, I just I got a notification when uh, Robert backed this, and that's when I looked into it. And yeah, that this is a cool. It's a good system base to start with. But again, not really familiar with the Viking verse till I read about it in the Kickstarter. Very cool. So again, if you have any questions on this one, uh, they will be answered hopefully later this week or early next. All right. So Ellen, what's your third this week? Yes, my third is on Game Found. It is called. Into the Cess and Citadel. And um, this is a campaign setting uh, that is um, system neutral. So you can play it with your favorite game. Um, so it's a, they describe it as a supplemental TTRPG book for those seeking to incorporate a strange, colorful, and terrifying city into their role-playing game. And I am playing in two different, like, city-based games right now i love a city-based game i love the intrigue aspects that you can get into i love like having to deal with npcs and stuff like that so this really called to me um the uh publisher wet ink games yes wet ink games um they have a bunch of different um adventures and books that they have written before they are up for three ennies this year on one of their books that um I lost the tab for, so I can't tell you what it is. But if you go to their Twitter, you can see that they're up for three Ennies. Um, uh, so, and I looked at their drive through RPG page and all of the other books that they have put out have like either 4.5 or five stars on everything they've published. So that's pretty good. Um, Cause I wasn't necessarily immediately familiar with their name when I saw this. But they have um, put out, this is not their first um, crowdfunding effort. Um, It might be their first on GameFound. I think I saw like a Kickstarter previously. And so they might have just moved platforms. But uh, everything about this um, like setting supplemental book is really cool. Um, It dives really deep into, uh, they have some like splash pages of like faction relationships and like different locations and like a like a full page stat block on a specific NPC monster. And so it just looks like there's a lot of detail put into this. Um it was specifically designed for D twenty style games, it says, but it's as system neutral as possible. So you could use it with um anything you want. They have rules for traveling and surviving in the city. 
generating factions and their complicated relationships, guides for running different urban environments, um, generating guides for generating and running three unique landscapes, which are the mega city, the undercity, and the spires. So the mega city is like the main part, and then the spires are above. Um, with like nobility living there, and then the undercity is more dungeon like. So I like, I like the concept of a city kind of taking on its own persona and having a really big part to play in a game. So like everything about this kind of appealed to me. Uh, so they have tons of monster stats and tables for shops and streets and NPCs and stuff like that. They have a bunch of um, artifacts and spells, diseases, locations. And they reiterate that it's system neutral, so um, it can work with anything. They are just fully funded, just recently, because when I put it on this um, on our radar, I it was not fully funded yet, and I was like, oh, I hope this one funds, because <laughs> I backed it. Um, but they have, uh, they're just over their $20,000 goal. Um, they have 27 days left. It looks really cool. I'm uh, they are looking to ship in, oh, the uh, PDF, it says July 2022. So I presumably oh. once the campaign is over, they already have the PDF done and they can send it out to backers. Um, but the book itself is uh, to come in December. Uh, they have hardcover editions and um, a deluxe hardcover edition. And the PDF. The PDF is at $15, the regular hardcover is $35, and the uh, special edition is at $50. So that's, you know, I feel like pretty standard. The book itself is over 248 pages, so that's pretty decently hefty. Um, and if everything looks and feels the same way as, like, the previews and the descriptions that we've gotten and you know their previous body of work demonstrates i think it, you should be in for a really cool project here so it, this reminds me a lot of sharn from eberron which for me that is a positive connection because i love eberron and sharn again you have the opulent spires the mega city you know and again again i'm not trying to cast any aspersions like they've taken anything it's a big magical city. I'm sure there's thousands of them that exist. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that is a plus for me because I also like the idea of a city being a place where you can have an entire campaign. You don't have to leave. You can just, you know, go throughout the various parts of the city. So that appeals to me. Uh, the art is is kind of different. Uh, it almost, in some of these images, look like, almost like a tarot card. It's like, it's not abstract, but it's exaggerated, mm -hmm. um, which I find cool. I like that quite a lot. So yeah, I like this one. There anything? Yeah, it looks like a great way to add some pers perspective or depth to your city, you know, if you want to mm -hmm. go up or down. So, yeah, mm -hmm. I like the uh, like the way it's system neutral. I'm sure you can find something in here to use. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, I have a couple of shout outs and a special thing this week, but I think you will actually have technically end us here. Larry, what is your third? The third one I looked at uh, was on Kickstarter. It's called Cepheus Deluxe, the Enhanced Edition. The, this is a um, – uh, uh, this Kickstarter is done to enhance a product that's currently available. Um, the bestseller Cepheus Deluxe Sci-Fi Tabletop Role-Playing Game – 
they're looking to get the money to reformat everything in full clutter, excuse me, everything in full color, enhance the layout, and then add additional art to this. Uh, this has got a $2,500 goal. It is now sitting about $9,400, so it's well over, almost four times uh, funded here. 13 days to go, so it's going to be open until July 30th. Um, now, this one started off, it was funded in six hours, so it seems like fans of the previous versions uh, jumped on it pretty quickly. It's got some information um, mainly about this entire game is set up to be a 2D6 sci-fi compatible game. So in any of the descriptions I've read, it sounds very heavily influenced by Traveler. So again, your basic 2D6 that it harkens back to a long time ago. Uh, and, and this is currently available on drive through RPG in a more basic form for $10. But uh, the new one here, that's, uh, that's also the initial uh, pledge for a PDF level. The enhanced edition is going to be uh, $10 here as well. And again, that's for creating new art and taking all the art and colorizing it uh, and, and enhancing everything. Now, the $20 version of the pledge level here will get you a PDF and also a print-on-demand hardcover. Okay, I get that. One of their stretch goals is to add the print-on-demand soft cover. Usually it's the other way around. You know, they start with the soft cover, and then we made enough money, we're going to bump it up. Now, these are both print-on-demand coupons that you will still have to pay for, but it's supposed to be at the cost of... Uh, you know, much lower cost than you would be purchasing it afterwards. So you're still going to have to pay for shipping if you get the uh, print versions, whether it's the soft cover or the hard cover. Um, expecting to deliver this in December of 2022 and PDF fulfillment through drive-through. You can also get a, a lot of the category of the Stella Gamma games uh, catalog is available here as add-ons. Uh, they're primarily though, this game is like a traveler retro clone, a, rules lighter version of that um this initially was released september of last year and it's gotten up to a mithril bestseller on drive through so it's been pretty popular there uh, this kickstarter money is all going to improve that they have a free version that's available on drive through too if you just want to take a look at how the very most basic uh, game system here it's called cepheus light upgraded um, and again, everything here that has been designed is to be compatible with all your older 2D6 sci-fi games. So if you have other sci-fi type stuff that you want to swing into this and not have as many base rules, this might be something to, to look at. Again, it's $10 for the PDF. Um, the thing, though, is it's nice, concise. Uh, they have a page here that shows you the layout and some of the content. The color looks good on the art. Uh, granted, it... I mean, it's it's not, you know, Picasso or anything like that, but uh, the colorization looks like it's coming through really nicely. The layout they've done is great. Um, and I just like the vibe of it, especially when you're talking about uh, their stretch goals they're pushing for uh, $5,000, the digest size version, so a little smaller there. They're put, uh, hopefully going to provide deck plans at $10,000 and then a screen up at $15,000. So they have pretty lofty goals, but again, they're just shy of uh, the deck plans at this point, and they still have some time to go. Uh, the art is pretty neat on there, especially the colorized version, but everything's going to be coming through drive through RPG, RPG, the print versions and the uh, PDFs in December of 2022. Um, and quite a large category or back 
catalog of Stella Gama games if you want to take a look at those primarily space and sci-fi type stuff. Um, but it's relatively simple, straightforward system and uh, thought that they did a nice presentation. And my Traveler books are heavy enough to where Traveler Light sounds pretty attractive, especially if you're just wanting to do a short, a shorter sci-fi type game. And you don't mm-hmm. need to have Vikings in it maybe this time. Yeah. So this might be one way to go. Yeah. This isn't something I see a lot, but I have seen it some. And I don't know this is exactly what happened, but something like a game will get put on itch. Um, you know, we we'll get funded and then they will use that money to like upgrade the book and then maybe do like a re-release. And it looks like this, this is something similar. Like they have it out. People like it, but it was probably their first game or early on. And now that it's gotten a bit of an audience, they want to do a, a deluxe edition. I'm all for it. It's still a kind of a small campaign. Uh, so I'm rooting for them. Uh, again, they've already well funded. They're close to their second stretch goal, which includes deck plans for all the ships included. And, you know, with 13 days ago, they might actually hit that third one too. So. Um, I don't remember if I, I didn't mention the actual creator on this is William Murakami Brundage, and he's got 19 other successful Kickstarters and uh, backed 75 of them. So he's been, they do, they have done this system for use for a lot of their other games. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very, very cool. Ellen, anything from you on this one? It looks polished, definitely. My only qualm, I guess, about this Kickstarter is that it didn't uh, really go into, like, what the feel of the game is. Like, they describe, like, what the genre is, but I feel like that's pretty, it's pretty standard. So I feel like the thing that attracts me more to, um, like, back something is to say, like, oh, when you're playing this game, it's going to be, like you're going to have these kinds of experiences or like this kind of tone and feel. And so that's missing from this for me. So it mm-hmm. just, but um, it looks, it looks cool. And I, I understand that you can look up, you can get the, um, the light version on drive through RPG. So like, if you are compelled to go and look at it, you can get more of a feel for that. It's just like, it would have been nice to see like here on display. Right, right. That would have made it a lot easier, and like you're saying, it does seem to eschew any particular, there's not a setting attached to it, so it's like, play sci-fi. But, mm. you know. Right. Yeah, you'll definitely have to put some work into it. But Alright, so I have a quick shout-out I want to give, uh, and that is to the Game Master screen by Word- Wormwood Gaming. This is not one of those deluxe, high-end, super quality, very expensive <sighs> accessories campaigns. Um, if you can, if you're familiar with wormwood, it's one of those again high end wood made crafting stuff. It uses magnets and all kinds of cool, neat stuff. It's sixty five dollars just to like reserve your spot, and then you have to customize your screen with all the different options, and then you will get a final total for what that will be. It's going to be very expensive. It's going to be very nice, but at least for me, it would be an automatic kickstarter because i would throw a thousand dollars at it because i don't care so i left it off specifically because i didn't want to upset the balance of the kickstarter game um and then i briefly want to talk about leviathan wild so originally this was one of the three that i had picked but i wanted this morning to update see if the numbers had changed enough to justify editing my my stuff to find that it has been canceled so i talked at the beginning like this show is not about pointing out bad campaigns or, or things that we don't think would fund But I think this is interesting as a cautionary tale. This is a new company by three industry professionals. They've worked for other game companies. They've come together and they designed a game where you basically have to climb giant 
monsters like Shadow of the Colossus. But the the aim wasn't to kill them. It was to set them free. They are somehow in, in, entrapped or, or captured, and you would actually be climbing up them and freeing them, though they don't understand that, so they can attack you type of a thing. They had set their funding goal at $50,000. Um, they were right around $40,000 when they canceled it as of yesterday, and they were very open in their updates. They need a lot more than $50,000. They had gambled that they would do much better than that goal and it would pay off all their expenses, but it looked like they were just on pace to fund, but barely fund, and they can't afford to do that. So they had to cancel. So if you go through, you read the updates, they have some, you know, they're pretty pretty much open about what's going on. There's a lot of comments. People are upset. And so just from a cautionary tale, again, this isn't like pointing at them and laughing. That's not what this is about. But I do think that's, in, you know, I think it's in, interesting in the realm of those of us who like back a lot of Kickstarters or interested in it, who may be running their own soon for a game, uh, where they basically felt they were pressured because the, the numbers show across the, all of Kickstarter if you set your funding goal lower than you need, you are more likely to exceed it by a higher amount. If you put what you actually need, you're less likely to succeed at all. So it is a little bit like playing craps. Like you have to like take a, a shot in the dark. You you hope that it works out and they were going to fail. So even though it looked like it was going to be successful, they couldn't afford that. So just from the cautionary aspect, I think it's worth an, in, it's interesting to take a look at, read the comments. Again, don't don't get involved in the pointing or anything like that. But I th- thought it was interesting and I wanted to call it because it was going to be one of mine last night. I put it on my list this morning. It was canceled. Um, so I thought it was worth talking about. So, with, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, it's just, that's a rough story. And I know you have to game the system to get yourself funded because that boosts your visibility and all that sort of thing. It's just, that's an item where honesty seems to be painful. Like it hurts your chances. Yeah, it is frustrating for someone again who's probably going to have a book on some version of crowdfunding soon. So many Kickstarters these days or other are have like funded in 12 minutes. So they will set their goal super low so they will hit that and then it kind of messes with the algorithm because it looks like it's super popular. So the system like pushes it in front of your face going, "Look, here, this is people seem to like this. You should check this out." And if you just say like, "I actually need 8 grand." And you set your goal at eight grand and it takes you three out of four weeks to get there. You don't get nearly the incentive. And it's again, the algorithm. Ah, so I get what they did. I don't, you know, I don't think they were in bad faith. They were playing the game as the rules is written. Hate Mm -hmm. the player, you know, not the game or hate the game, not the player situation. But there are times when you can get boned. And I actually, I think the fact that they're industry professionals is why they canceled it, even though it was going to fund because they knew how screwed they were going to be mm-hmm. versus someone who maybe is their first ever Kickstarter. And they're like, oh, gosh, I needed, you know, 80,000. I've set my goal at 50 and I hit 52. And then you don't get your game or they go out of business. You know, mm-hmm. there's it's just it's, it's not right, but it kind of is the system that we're in. All right, so with that out of the way, it's time for the Going Last Memorial Kickstarter event. And what we do here, again, Going Last, one of my favorite podcasts, unfortunately, is Pod Faded, but I still love that show. And they did a segment every time about Kickstarters. That's what's inspired me to do this show. So we're going to take a look at the nine official Kickstarters we took a look at. So the, the Game Master screen does not in, include it. And we pretend that we have all the imaginary money in the world. We can, we can back any of these at any level that we want but in doing so, we are unable to ever play the others. So even if someone else backs it, we go to their house, if they go to Gen Con, no, cannot play it. Someone will come and slap it out of your hands. <laughs> so you have to only play the one, or could only play the one that you back. 
All right, Ellen, your the new official co-host. I'm going to start with you. Out of the nine on the table today, what do you think you would back if you had all the imaginary money in the world? Uh, I just want to reiterate because I think I say this every time that like the fact that you stipulate that you could never play any of the other games ever hurts me in my soul. That's what makes it fun, though. I agree with you, <laughs> but yes. But I was originally thinking going into this that I, oh, Into the Assassin Citadel is obviously going to be my pick starter. Like, I love this. It's going to be great. But then Larry came through with Land of Eam, and I'm like, <laughs> slamming the button. Like, I need this. I would back it at the highest tier. I would get every add-on if I had all the money. Like, um, this is so cool. Like, I, I'm really excited for this. And I have it open in another tab, so once we're done with this, I can go back it. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, Larry, you brought the land of Eam. You have destroyed Ellen's uh, plans. Uh, are you also backing the land of Eam, or do you have another Kickstarter? Well, I'm not going to back it with all of my imaginary money. What I'm going to do with that is go in on the Whisper and Venom, the ultimate gnome version, so I get the leather-bound versions of both, assuming that they do unlock the OSE collector's version and just a gob of stuff, minis and everything, because I'm going to assume you're going to let me keep at least my player's handbook so that I can run this with 5th edition. But uh, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, it's it's about 500 I think $500, 425 for that. And then the shipping will probably put it over 1000 so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you're playing with other people's money, that's probably not a bad one to go with. I'm right there with you, Ellen. I land of Eam is with the bullet for me. Like I, there's not even anything else on this list that it is close in my estimation to what, if I had all the money to play with, again, I would go at the highest level. I'd get all the additional stuff. I'm probably going to end up back in this at that box set level. Yeah, me too. I think it's very cool. <laughs> so that's probably what I'm going to, I'm probably going to spend actual non-imaginary money in like the next 10 minutes uh, on the land of Eam. So both thank you. And mm-hmm, yeah, thanks and, Larry mm-hmm, to you, Larry, because you've cost me money today. <laughs> All right. So everyone listening, please, uh, thank you for hanging out with us today. We hope you enjoy this. Again, we do the show basically every other week, more or less. If you do end up backing any of these campaigns that we talked about, please let the creators know that we sent you there, that you found out about their project through us. Send them a message. It doesn't have to be public, publicly posted, but it just helps our show you know, grow in the space and maybe more creators will be interesting. They try to get on to do interviews or maybe give us product to do previews, all that kind of cool stuff. Uh, and it's just nice to know, even if you just tell us, honestly, if you just tell me that you went to something that would make me feel good and make me feel like this wasn't wasted time other than me spending money that thanks to Larry. So one last time around the horn, Ellen, again, thank you for being here. Excited to have you with us going forward. Where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Ellen underscore Delina, D-A-L-I-N-A. Excellent. And then, Larry, where can people come yell at you for your wrong, bad opinions? Uh, stick around Twitter at Mumfrey999. And you also have a podcast. Yes, Mumfrey's Musings. I go through and uh, give you a rehash of what happened usually in the previous night's Curse of Strahd campaign. That's what we're doing right now. So, yeah, that's weekly. So keep at it. All right. Uh, you can find me, of course, at the RPG Academy. Um, I did an actual play on the Tabletop Journeys podcast. Um, again, Action 12 Cinema is a GM-less game, but I kind of facilitated it for those fellows because no one knows how the game works yet because the book doesn't actually exist. And um, they shared with me that they had one of their top-tier fans was asked, you know, what do you like about our show? And the two things they listed is, A, that the show exists, and B, Action 12 Cinema. So that absolutely just my heart was overjoyed uh, at seeing that. I got to run Action 12 Summit yesterday at Daycon, had a lot of fun. Several people said, you know, it's a real game. 
I keep waiting for someone to tell me it's not, but it seems like it is. Um, so there's probably going to be a crowdfunding campaign coming for it sometime this year. I still think I don't have official dates, but look for it soon. And then the Acaticon Kickstarter, uh, August 9th, we, we moved it up a week. We're trying to play fair with another um, convention local to the Cincinnati area, and we don't want to step on each other's toes. So we moved it up a week to give them a little bit more room in September. Uh, so August 9th through September 7th. Uh, our funding goal is 9000 It's a little higher than it has been in previous years, but we lost money last year, so we're trying to make sure that even if no one else shows up after the Kickstarter, we won't, we'll at least break even this year and last year. Uh, so hopefully you can come support us. I'd love to play games with you in November, but I'd be happy if you just send me five bucks because you love me and what I do <laughs> and you don't want me to be a poor man. So with that out of the way, we're going to say goodnight. And just remember, show notes will include uh, the text text crisis line, the Trevor Project, and the National Suicide Prevention Hotline number, which if you haven't heard, there actually is a new national number, 988, is now will we'll get you transferred to the National Suicide Prevention Hotline to make it even easier so you don't have to remember the long number going forward. And with that, if you're having fun, you're, you're doing, doing it right. right. Kick it Thanks. in. Thanks. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast. We do this show out of love for the hobby, and the desire to be ambassadors, welcoming more people into this community. All of our website content will always be free to use and utilize. But there are expenses related to the show. And if you enjoy what we do here, then please consider supporting us in some way. You can do so as simply as rating or reviewing us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. If you're going to purchase anything through Amazon or DriveThruRPG, consider using our affiliate links first and then we'll get a small percentage sent back to us. You can do a single direct donation through PayPal using the paypal.me slash the RPG Academy, or consider joining our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash the RPG Academy. And for a donation as low as $1 a month, you'll get access to lots of extra goodies, including bonus minisodes, invites to monthly one-shot games, one-sheet adventures, and more. Please consider following us on Twitter and Facebook or join our Discord where we like to try to keep the conversation going with our fans as best we can and are always looking to talk and chat more. Or do none of that. Just continue to listen and enjoy our show. Because honestly, that's enough. Thanks. And remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. We'll see you next time. The music used for our intro and outro is Fly a Kite by Spectacular Sound Productions, used under the Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike License.